Hello, everyone. Welcome to Freedom International Live. And with me, Jane from Empowered Mind Podcast and Hartmut from Go Your Own Path welcomes attorney Susan Swift. And attorney Susan Swift, thank you very much. She is a lawyer and a vice president of the legal department of uh, Right to Life league and this from what i understand this is the oldest pro-life organization in america and uh, interesting to hear also that prior to this she's really been exposed in the area of uh, let's say media or entertainment because she she's she was an actor before she became she devoted herself to parenthood or okay motherhood parenthood but let's put the word parenthood aside because sometimes that that sounds like uh, the one that we don't want to be connected to <laughs> so thank you very much susan for being with us and i just wanted you to feel free to you know add more to to the audience so that they would know more of what you've been doing and also um please do share right now what happened that you are in that environment where most people know about uh pedophilia about adrenochrome about sexual exploitation in the media and the arts and entertainment and then you became a lawyer and not just a lawyer but you became an attorney for right to life so what was the your transition okay well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on your show. It's an honor. Um, and yes, I, I had a career as an actor uh, in Hollywood for about 10 years. And following that, I decided to go to law school. And also in, 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 near the after law school, there was another final little brief little role in a film. And then it was time for me to have children with my husband because that was what we very much wanted. So I am the mother of seven. Um, and uh, after my, my youngest was, I, I, did, I did have a career in law before, uh, before getting married. I, I was with a firm in downtown Los Angeles, an international kind of firm downtown, did some litigation. So I've had, I've had a little bit here, a little bit there. And then um, when my youngest was about 12, and so that I, I don't have to be at the house, you know, all the time raising children, then I think it, it's okay to start for me to start um, spending a little bit of time uh, going back into work. And so I started returning to the work world. And I've been an attorney with the Right to Life League now for a few years. And uh, I'm the vice president of legal affairs. I'll tell you a little bit about what the Right to Life League is. It is America's first pro-life organization. We were founded in 1967, long before Roe versus Wade was a thing. And we have been fighting against abortion in California ever since. There were a group of uh, lawyers and doctors and concerned citizens who decided to travel up to Sacramento in 1967 to lobby then Governor Ronald Reagan against signing the, the Bilenson bill. That was the first therapeutic abortion bill in the state. And when Reagan finally understood what abortion was, because back 
back in that time in 67, we didn't have things like ultrasound and a lot of the science and the 4D ultrasound that allows you to actually see into the womb. And so the, the myth, the lie that a baby is just a clump of cells was much more um, uh, familiar to people. But after the lawyers and doctors and concerned citizens explained to Reagan what abortion really was, he, um, he, w he, he changed and he said he had already promised to sign the, the Bilinson bill, but he promised the league that he would never again sign another piece of pro-abortion legislation and he kept his word. So that's a little bit of my history and a little bit of history of the Right to Life League. Now, going forward here in California, the pro-abort side, if you will, has become very radicalized, especially since the decision from the Supreme Court came down, the Dobbs decision, which reversed Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade was a bad decision from the very get-go, much like the um, the Plessy versus Ferguson case or the Dred Scott case was back long ago. What Roe versus Wade did was it just invented a right to abortion that does not exist in our constitution. The Dobbs court set that straight and said, no, abortion has never, as a right, has never existed in our, in our common law, in, in the states, or in our federal system at all. And there is no right to an abortion in the federal constitution. Therefore, the issue must return to the states under our constitution. That's all it said. But that has absolutely radicalized the pro-abort. Um, uh, I, I don't know what else to call them. They're just they're they're pro-aborts. They they have to have the killing of un innocent blood. I don't really understand it. They they mask it uh, in the the notion that it is healthcare, but abortion is not healthcare. We are not talking about miscarriage. We're not talking about stillbirth. Those are not abortion. Stillbirth is a natural process whereby the child dies sometime after 20 weeks. Miscarriage happens before 20 weeks, but those are both naturally occurring. They don't require an outside influence such as chemicals or surgery to kill a baby. That's what abortion is. So abortion is not health care because we can deliver a woman from a miscarriage or a stillbirth and we can also deliver her from an ectopic pregnancy if it is threatening her life, you know, because sometimes that happens in these rare cases. That's what healthcare is, is delivery of a woman, sometimes premature, if it has to be maybe preeclampsia, uh, ectopic pregnancy. But those are all medical treatments that are designed to help the woman survive and sometimes maybe even help the baby as well, depending on what's going on. But abortion, the entire purpose of abortion is to enter the womb and kill the baby that's living there. That's not health care. So in any way, I've gone a little bit long, but there you go. That's that's our position on abortion. The the California radical pro-aborts are are demanding they they're they're putting about 20 bills through the legislature and they are just demanding that taxpayers fund all manner of abortion up to delivery and beyond into the first month of a baby's life, which was would be called infanticide, but they don't see it that way. Susan, can you speak also about the background of uh, the, the trend of having abortion? Like what I mean is, is speak about the history of Planned Parenthood, because yes. in the Philippines, 
that was also kind of like growing in the 1980s. And, you know, when like for me seeing a lot of poverty going on and a lot of parents that who cannot afford to raise their children. So in my mind, without going into the details of what the program is, it looks good. So it always kind of looks good. So, but do educate the audience for those, especially for those who are not fully aware on the history of that and where these Planned Parenthood are literally located. Yes. What areas, whom are they targeting? Sure. Well, Planned Parenthood, if you don't know, was founded by a woman, an American woman named Margaret Sanger. She was a proud white supremacist. She was, um, I've heard now, she's a paramour of Hitler. She really enjoyed eugenics. She thought that that was the way to go, which is to improve the, the Aryan bloodline. Uh, much as we've seen in the, that's the rise from Hitler in the 30s and the 40s, she adopted that. And she decided that in America, we, we, we needed to get rid of blacks, browns, and Catholics because for whatever reason in her mind, they were unfit or they were not of pure blood. I don't, I don't exactly know, but that's what she did is she founded what she called the Negro Project. And the goal of the Negro Project was to sell women of color on the notion that uh, they could get out of poverty if they would just abort their babies and if they would control their uh, fertility. Um, and so she pushed uh, contraception, which is not abortion in some cases, but she also pushed abortion. And what happened was that Planned Parenthood came to, to be the business that she basically founded and has now spread all across, uh, well, actually the United States and the globe. And their their mission, they, they won't admit to the racism that their founder embraced, but ironically, where they usually place their, uh, their clinics is typically in poor minority um, cities where, where the concentration of uh, blacks and browns are higher. And that's where they place their, their clinics. So they have a, a, in the law, it would be kind of a disparate racial impact in their operations. They claim that only 3% of their business model is uh, profits from abortion. So I would ask why have 50 clinics across the nation already closed? If, you're th if, if you have to close 50 of your clinics because of a 3% uh, piece of your business, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. Their business is abortion. They profit and they get money from states and uh, sometimes the federal government, even though there is the, the ban on spending on abortion, that's the, the Hyde Amendment. I'll explain how that goes around. What the, what the Biden administration did after um, Biden came into the presidency is he sent uh, a blue state bailout. The Biden blue state bailout was a funding that was a, a reward, if you will, to the, the blue states that supported his run for the president. And so in California, our state surplus now, thanks to the Biden blue state bailout, has swelled to close to 100 billion dollars with a B, 100 billion dollars. And yet Governor Newsom, our, our, our governor, um, he wants to make sure that our state is an abortion sanctuary. He's already pledged $40 million just for abortion scholarships. 
abortion scholarships are uh, grants specifically to students who want to learn how to perform abortions and who will promise to dedicate their services in rural communities that don't have abortion access for three years. The same grant cannot be given to someone who says, well, I want to study obstetrics and I, I, I want to just you know, help deliver women. That's not the same thing. This is a, a targeted grant just for uh, people who want to learn uh, abortion as, as a medical profession. So that's the abortion scholarship. And I, I had heard that he wants to spend $40 million just there. Um, the other, one of the other things that Governor Newsom has been uh, touting is the uh, SB 1142. That's a different bill that um, is, I've called it the abortion uh, vacay bill, the abortion vacation bill, or the abortion tourism bill. That's a bill that will pay for women from all over our country to come to California, whether by train or by plane, by bus, and transport them across state line into California and give them free lodging, free free healthcare, of course, this, the abortion is covered, uh, lost wages, they cover the insurance, and they also pay for childcare. Yes, childcare. So you can bring your children with you, come to California for your vacation. You can stay in the abortion hotel, get your abortion Uber over to wherever you need to go get your abortion, and you can have somebody babysitting your kids at the same time. The only thing that's missing are tickets to Disneyland. That's SB 1142. Interesting though, on June 29th or 30th, there was an AP report that reported that Governor Newsom started walking it back and said, well, we're not going to transport women here. If they're already here in California, of course, we will cover all of their costs for abortion, but we won't, we won't transport them here. So he started walking back that spending, even though it's very clear in the bill that it builds a website. It's a one-stop shop. You go on, you, you just register, get your travel. All, all of it is supposed to be able to just basically you go on a website and you can plan your abortion vacation. And now he's walking it back which is very interesting to me because he's, he is um, a, a radical pro-abort and I think he wants to run for president. I think he knows that, the Biden, that Biden is incompetent and Kamala Harris is very, very unpopular. And so I think he's kind of got aspirations to run for president. And I think he doesn't really want to seem as much of a radical pro-abort as he is. I think he wants to move to the center. And that's why I think he's starting to say, well, we're not going to spend the money to bring women to California. You just get here on your own and we'll get you covered. I think that's what's going on. So um, anyway, but but look, let's to the bottom line. Abortion is a form of racism. That's what Planned Parenthood's goal was, to eliminate the, the black and brown population, to, to protect the white Aryan bloodline. That was Margaret Sanger. That was her dream. And that's what abortion is being used for. The disparate impact on, 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 on people of color is they, they have many more abortions and at higher rates than, uh, let's say, should we say, rich women of privilege. All right. So, and there's another study in 2014 out of Guttmacher, which is, that's the right arm of Planned Parenthood. That's their research arm, the Guttmacher Institute. In 2014, they had a they had a research study that said of the women who are there below the poverty line, 75% um, of those who had chosen abortion said they chose abortion because they didn't feel like they had any other option. That means they're desperate. 
That means these women are, they're at the poverty line and they're having to choose between shelter and, and having a baby. That, and, and that, again, goes back into the myth that Planned Parenthood Margaret Sanger pushed, which is, oh, if you just kill your baby, it'll be all right. You'll be able to succeed in your career and you're, you're going to have a wonderful family someday and you'll be able to have all of your dreams if you just kill your children as though childbirth is what's keeping you poor, as though childbirth is what's, what's it's almost as though they, they sell children and childbirth as a form of slavery. That's, that's the message, the implicit message from Planned Parenthood is that, that um, as a mother, you're enslaved by your children, by your choice to have children, and that they'll help you with making a better choice. That's the insidiousness of the abortion movement right now. And with $100 billion in state surplus in California, even if we could just have $1 billion of that $100 billion spent on education, housing for, for women, all of the kind of maternal care and education and, and really ministering to these women, we could change their lives a billion dollars, but they won't spend it. They won't spend any money on educating women, on taking them out of their, their crisis situation by, by donating or, or partnering with uh, maternity centers all across the state or par by partnering with pro-life centers because that's what's necessary. That's how we're going to stop abortion is by reaching out to women and telling them it'll be all right. We will help you. Your baby is not a threat to you and we can help you. There are, there are alternatives other than murdering your baby. We can help. That's the message we should be sending. That is how we end abortion. Not, not through the radical threats and by spending even more money to guarantee that, that there is a full abortion access in every city across the state of California, which is what they're pushing. That's SB 1245, but I can go on and on. So it is, it is a racist agenda and it is veiled as health care. That's the mask, if you will, on population control and abortion. The mask is health care. And we're told that this is health care for women. It is not. It is not health care. Abortion is the intentional killing of a baby inside the wo woman. It has nothing to do with the woman's health. If we were talking about women's health, we would be talking about delivery and safely delivering her and her baby and keeping both alive wherever possible. And if it is truly, the agenda is truly health care, good health care for women and for the entire population, especially for women, then this issue should not, should be decreasing. But it is obvious yes. that, as you said, you know, it's not really the, the solution because instead, it, as if we were, were perpetuating to keep it going. Yes, it's a business model. Think about it this way. Look. Planned Parenthood and the all the, the I call them the abortion cartel because it's NARAL, Planned Parenthood, and there's a lot of other smaller uh, abortion uh, entities. Okay, and they all came together back in December 2021. They formed the Future of Abortion report or recommendation. They all got together and they sent to Governor Newsom this plan, this Future of Abortion, with specific legislative goals. All right, and it's a business model. All right. They saw the Dobbs decision. And they had to start preparing for what if Dobbs was going to overrule Roe versus Wade? Well, there's 26 or 27 states that already have laws on the books that are going to start limiting uh, their operations. Right. The abortion cartel start, started saying, huh, we're going to be shut down out of 
half the states. What are we going to do? We have to keep our business model up. So let's go to the states that are friendly toward abortion and we'll set up shop there and we'll get these suckers to pay for it with tax dollars. How about that? Because they're working hand in glove with the legislators that they have funded. Planned Parenthood funds these legislators. They, they make smaller donations. And what they tell their, their supporters is direct to, to donate directly to these different uh, legislators. So it's very, very hard to track the money that they're flooding the system with because it's through individual donations, very you know pro, pro-abortion, radical individuals who are funding these legislators. And they're all owned by Planned Parenthood. So when Planned Parenthood and the ACLU show up to Buffy Wicks, who's an assemblywoman who's been supported by Planned Parenthood, and, and hand her a bill, that's AB 2223, and say, you know what, we want you to pass this. And she says, okay, because she doesn't know any better. These are her, these are her donors. And they have handed her this bill, AB 2223. It's the infanticide bill. And I kid you not, it will legal, it legalizes infanticide after birth, okay? What it does is it prevents any investigation of a mother or anyone who assists or aids her in obtaining her chosen pregnancy outcome. That's a mouthful. Well, what's a chosen pregnancy outcome? Abortion is a chosen pregnancy outcome. So is childbirth, right? So if if I choose, if I'm the mother and I choose, I want to have an abortion, right? And someone assists me in my choice of having an abortion, the AB 2223 prevents anyone from investigating the the, the matter if a baby is born alive and dies. It's called perinatal death. I'll walk you through it. The bill says that we don't want to prosecute women for pregnancy loss because uh, that just, that, that it, it tugs at your heartstrings. Why should we prosecute a woman for miscarriage, right? Why should we prosecute a woman for stillbirth, okay? Well, then they added to it, why, why should we prosecute a woman for abortion? Abortion should be legal and we don't want to prosecute any woman for abortion. It's a fundamental right. And then they added a fourth category. They said, we don't want to prosecute any woman for perinatal death due to causes that occur in utero. That's not defined. But the word perinatal is defined. Perinatal means after birth or following birth. It is not prenatal. It is not before birth. The baby is not in the womb. Perinatal is after you're born. This is outside the womb. So now they're starting to say, any perinatal death, that's the death of a baby that's born alive, due to causes that occurred in utero, so while the baby was inside the mother, cannot be investigated. And anyone who assisted in that perinatal death due to causes that occur in utero, they can't be uh, investigated either. And if anybody threatens to investigate, like, you know, maybe first responders, mandated reporters, uh, even your next door neighbor, if they they threaten to, like, the, the baby is born, the baby has lived a few days and then dies, right? And somebody says, well, gosh, we got to investigate the cause of that death. The threat of the investigation itself alone is enough to trigger a civil, private cause of action for $25,000 plus attorney's fees. So the mother can sue the person who wants to investigate. Why did your baby die? The person who assisted the mother can sue the, the investigator who says, why did the baby die? And they can go into private court, $25,000 plus attorney's fees. So that'll incentivize all of the lawyers. 
the goal of this bill, AB 2223, is to cover up botched abortions from chemical abortion and surgical abortion. All right. What's a chemical abortion? A chemical abortion is where you take pills. There is now, and this is the majority of all abortions in America now are chemical abortions. Again, Guttmacher Institute, the right hand of Planned Parenthood, the Institute arm, um, they did a study in 2020 and they found that 54% of all abortions are chemical abortions, drug-induced abortions. Now we're in 2022, you and me talking. Well, that figure's probably higher. It's probably close to 60% of all abortions. They're chemical abortions. A chemical abortion happens uh, in the first trimester, typically, and the woman takes uh, a, a series of pills. The first pill is RU486, also known as Mifeprix, and the Mifeprex um, interrupts the progesterone levels in the woman, you know, the hormone that she's producing to, that supports the placenta and nourishes the baby. It interrupts that process, so the baby starves to death over two days, right? That's what Mifeprex does. Then two days later, the woman takes a second pill, which is called misopropol. Misopropol um, induces strong uterine contractions. So then the woman expels the dead or dying baby. Now this procedure, this chemical abortion is only deemed safest by the, by the FDA. It's only safe for the FDA if you're 12 weeks or under first trimester. Once you're 13 weeks or over, you're in your second trimester. And at that point, the baby is larger and this, this chemical protocol is not as effective and it is much more dangerous for the mother. Just setting aside the, 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 this poor baby who's you're, you're trying to starve to death and then prematurely deliver, right? Just set that aside for a, min, a minute. When you're in your second trimester, because of the nature of the size of the baby and the placenta and how it's really attached to your womb and everything, it is much more dangerous to be taking the chemical uh, protocol, the, the, the drug, the mis mifeprex and misoprostol. And, and so what happens is we've, had, we've already had reports out of, I think it was the UK Daily Mail. This woman was 30 weeks along, 3-0, 30 weeks along. She thought she was much younger. Her doctor gave her two, two of the mis mifeprex. And so that, because he didn't, I guess he didn't date the pregnancy. Again, this is why it, this is a women. This is a women's health issue. It, abortion threatens women's health. These chemical abortions. What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to date the pregnancy through ultrasound and find out how large the baby is, where you know how old the baby is, and then depending upon the state, then then make decisions for the woman's health. But that wasn't done. The woman was given two pills. She um, miscarried the baby. Well, didn't miscarry. She delivered the baby. He was born alive. I think he died four days later. He was 30 weeks along. So totally viable. But that was a that was a botched chemical abortion. We're going to see more and more of that in the United States because Biden has lifted the requirement that um, women actually go to at, at least go in to see a doctor and have uh, the ultrasound dating. Now it can all be done on on telehealth. You don't ever have to see a doctor. You can just jump on a, a website, kind of like the one that they're building out here in California, right? And you can get telehealth medicine. That Biden has also, I think this was back in December, lifted the ban on uh, shipping the abortion drugs through the mail, right? Because you had to at least go to the doctor. The doctor could see you, date the pregnancy, and say, "Wow, you're 12 weeks along. I guess it's safe." Or if you're 13, we have to schedule a surgical abortion. That would be the safer procedure for the woman.
But again, we're not really focusing on women's health. That's that's the that's the big lie that abortion is about women's health. What we're focusing on is how do we make sure that we kill that baby in your womb, either with chemicals or surgical, and make sure that the money keeps flowing to Planned Parenthood and the abortion cartel. So that's what's going on. And and we're going to start seeing more babies born alive after a botched abortion, botched chemical abortion or surgical abortion where they're injured. And the problem here now getting back to AB 2223, which is the infanticide bill, is what they're trying to do in the California state, state legislature is cover this all up to cover up the fact and the reporting and the investigation of the death of a baby born alive after a failed abortion because of cause, causes that occur in utero, well, heck, that's a chemical abortion. That's a surgical abortion. It could even be stretched to mean genetics. Like, I mean, the conception starts in utero. Hello. Right. The second thing that starts, I mean, the, the labor and delivery process is an organic thing that happens in the woman and starts in utero. So delivery itself. So what if the baby is, is delivered by home, you know, home birth and, but allowed to die afterwards because of its injuries. So we don't know exactly what the, the definition of causes that occur in utero mean. And we have pressed the, the author Buffy Wicks multiple times. The senators Melendez and Senator Grove grilled her two weeks ago. I was there. I was testifying against that bill as an expert witness. I saw it. They grilled her and they kept begging her, please explain to us what is a cause that occur in, that occurs in utero. Just explain it. She didn't even know what that meant. She couldn't defend her bill. She kept pointing to the Planned Parenthood lawyer, Ruth, and the ACLU lawyer who was on the phone because she didn't know what was in her own bill. She's the legislator, but she knows darn good and well who's supporting her campaign. It's the abortion cartel. And she's been handed this bill and told to pass it, just like so many of the other pro-abort legislators in California. And that's how we're seeing this flood of really bad abortion bills that are targeting women of color. And the lie is that it's health care. It's not. It's, a, it's all about killing babies in the womb and to control the surplus population. You know, to know the truth, it's, it's really heart-wrenching. And sometimes that's why some people, I think, would rather not know, don't want to know it because if they if we keep digging and connecting things it becomes bigger and bigger so um just before i pass on to hartmut i i wonder if you could speak a little bit on what do they do with the aborted fetus well as you know i think david delighton did a whole series of undercover videos and he he recorded them uh bartering negotiating to sell baby body parts uh, Pro-Life SF, which is a, another group out here in California that uh, protests, they focus on the, the illicit use, the sale of fetal tissue. And the, the, the price goes up based on the size and the quality. So what they want to do is they want to have later term abortions because it's easier to get the baby, you know, removed. And then, and, and sometimes I've seen reports where they actually want the baby kind of born alive with the heart still beating so that then they can, they can harvest the kidneys. That's the freshest thing. I mean, this is, this is ghastly. I mean, th this is what we're talking about. Uh, this sounds like what they're doing in China where they round up some poor hapless soul and they harvest his organs on the table and then leave them to die. We're doing it to babies in the womb. We're just delivering them 
early and we're using their fetal tissue for experimental purposes. I mean, this sounds like something that, 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 you know, Mengele would have done in, you know, during World War II. These are experiments on, on human beings. That's what nobody wants to seem to say. These are little human beings. Just because they're small and just because they haven't evolved to be the, the same size as we are, it doesn't matter. Their genetics are the same. I'm a clump of cells. You're a clump of cells. We're all clumps of cells walking around. How did we all start? Where do babies come from? It's like asking, oh, what is a woman? They, they seem, seem to can't even define what a woman is because we've got to have a, a cisgendered trans identifying, I don't know, blue unicorn, whatever that is. We keep making up new terms to cover up facts to cover up biological scientific fact. A woman is a woman that has XY chromosomes and she grows to a certain age and she can become pregnant. You don't have to refer to her as a pregnant person or a person who can become pregnant. That, that just obfuscates what you're talking about. So let's ask, where do babies come from? It's not the stork. I figured it out. I have seven. I know where babies come from, okay? That's when an oocyte and a, and a sperm you know, together, the female egg and the sperm combine together in the fallopian tubes of the woman, right? And there's a little spark of light that actually occurs. And scientists don't actually know where that comes from because it, it's not exactly chemical. They have, they're trying to figure out why this little spark of light happens at the moment that the egg and the sperm unite. This light, which I think is God. I think that that is a beautiful thing. And at that moment, the genetic code begins, the, 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 the DNA sequencing starts, the, the cells start to divide, and pretty soon you, you have this, this human being. That's, that's exactly what happens. And then all you're talking about is this little human being, all it has to do is grow now, just like you and I grew up. When we were six months old, we were completely dependent, right? And now we're not. So if, it's a, if, if we're justifying the killing of dependent people, or maybe people who are uh, maybe incompetent, maybe like Alzheimer's, like, I don't know, Joe Biden. Is it okay to kill him? No, of course not. He's alive. He's a human being. But th this is what this is what uh, the abortion cartel wants to push, that somehow this little tiny human being in, inside a woman is somehow not worthy of, of life because it's dependent upon her or because it is not yet sentient right? Because it, as far as we know, we can't monitor its brain waves, right? Well, if that's the, if that's the, the, the requirements, I mean, there's a lot of people when you're, when you're asleep, you're not sentient. Can I kill you if you're asleep? No, of course I can't. Well, why? Now we're, now we're to the real issue. The real issue is whether human life is sanctified. Is it something that we did? Can we de defend it? And we're now at the issue of morality and our country America was founded on Judeo-Christian moral precepts. One being that the right to life comes from God, not government, and that our rights come from God, not government. And therefore we, the people, that can then bestow whatever rights or, or limitations thereon to our government. That's the flow. It comes from God to people and then to the government. That, that's a, that's a, the most radical idea that's ever happened in the history of the world. That's what upended Europe. That's why we fought a revolutionary war. And that is why the forces of communism and Marxism are alive and well in the United States attempting to take down our country. I, 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 this woman, the, uh, this congresswoman, AOC, 
she was literally on the steps of the Supreme Court the other day saying that the third branch of government, our judiciary, is illegitimate and calling for people to get in the streets. That is sedition. And it's all over the Dobbs decision because they disagree with the notion that the states should individually debate the issue of abortion and set reasonable restrictions through the states. For that reason, because the federal government, because I should say because the federal judiciary has limited the power of the federal government in accordance with our constitution, we now have a congresswoman who is saying that our branch of government or the, the judicial branch is illegitimate and ought to be taken down. That is sedition. That is absolutely sedition. And, and yet this is being tolerated here in this country because we have, we have a, 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 an executive branch that either embraces that kind of ideology or is ineffectual. That's the problem that we have because we have radical pro-imports running this country. They want to create a system on, like it was under Roe versus Wade where abortion is on demand, you know, up, up through a certain amount of time. They wanted to expand it. Like, like in California, right now, the current state of the law in California, before this AB 2223 gets passed, right now in California, it is the Roe versus Wade model. So that if a woman wants to have an abortion, she has an absolute right to abortion before viability. So it's around 22 weeks. After viability, she just simply has to go to a doctor who usually rubber stamps it. That is the Roe versus Wade setup. So California already has Roe versus Wade. It's part of our, you know, our laws. But that's not good enough. That's not enough. That's why we're having we're having a congresswoman on the steps of the Supreme Court saying that our court system, our our judiciary, are illegitimate. And and we've had people threatening the justices, the 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 five Supreme Court justices that that voted in favor of Dobbs. But that kind of rhetoric, what that does is that we've already had a crazy person from California, this 20-something, who flew out there and tried to threaten justice, wanted to threaten, not more than threaten, planned to kill a justice, Kavanaugh. That's the, that is a, you are, these people, AOC and, and her ilk and Chuck Schumer, who stood on the steps of the Supreme Court two years ago and said, you will reap the whirlwind. What does that mean? This is sedition, what we're seeing. They are destabilizing the third branch of government. They're talking about stripping the filibuster and packing the court to, to get the result they want. Because with, with these pro-aborts, it's got to be their way or the highway. They will not respect the law if it does not advance their agenda. That's very, very dangerous. You're seeing Marxism in the United States. And we as a community, as a, as a nation, we must stand up peacefully and lawfully and reject that and protect our institution and protect our justices, protect all of the judges and demand that these that these lunatics, these pro-abort radicals be drummed out of office in this upcoming November election to save our republic and to save our rights as we the people in our states. I don't understand why they're unhappy. They have half of the states that are going to be aborting babies left and right, but that's not good enough. They have to force their abortion agenda on Texas, on Mississippi, on Louisiana, on Ohio. That's what they're doing. You are watching, you are watching a radical revolution. They're trying to, to drum up and get people in the streets. This is their excuse for their summer of rage, abortion. Even though you can go to any state that, that has abortion laws and get an abortion any day. 
And even though the laws in Texas and Ohio and Mississippi and, and, and all of these other ones, they have specific requirements that say if it is the endangering the woman's life, that that's a different process. That's something different. So there is no there is no state that I'm aware of that says abortion, you know, that that, that a woman cannot uh, be that her life cannot be saved. Again, we're not talking about miscarriage or stillbirth. We're not talking about ectopic pregnancies or true threats to a woman's health. All of those things are permitted and allowed under all state laws because we are a country that embraces life. The thing that these pro-aborts are furious about is that they can't get abortion on demand up to delivery and maybe beyond in all 50 states. And for that, they are willing to, to radicalize a generation and threaten our branch of government and, and, and start suggesting a revolution. And they should be ashamed. And we must stop this. We must stand peacefully and firmly against this type of behavior. Thank you, Hartmut. Well, Susan, so this is a topic tumbling down the rabbit hole. Really. Okay. This is uh, because, um, uh, as you said, the radicalization of of the youth, the radicalization of yeah of the people in this field, especially in this field. And the interesting thing is, for example, here in Germany, we have um, we have a traditional um, party, which is the a free democratic party, which was which was the party of the employers, and the interesting thing is, in their program, they have um, the intention to give every children with the, in the age of fourteen the right to um, to change their sexuality, their gender. Oh yeah, we get we get the same thing out here, same thing. So and this and this this is. Let's say it this way: It's in a, in a war. You have several battles, and you work on several on several levels. And it's the same level. Um, it's a, it's a, it's another battle in the same war. It's the same battlefield, but it's a different front. In other words, it's a different front. Yes, a different front. Because um, the children, uh, it's all about reducing of the population. Because if you have when you have transferred uh, the sexuality, uh, or you have made an operation. You can't get any children anymore. That's right. It it inhibits the the fertility, and it also inhibits. Actually, I've heard that it inhibits the the, the gender change operation. Actually, inhibits the the child's ability when they become an adult to actually fully enjoy sexual activity. They they don't yeah. tell you that, but that's that is what is true. Is because of the chemicals, because of the the hormones and everything. It actually interferes with obviously the the, the body and these these children will never really be able to enjoy sexual activity because of what the choice that they make when they're 14, when their brains aren't even fully developed and finished and done yet. I mean, I, I, I can't even imagine who, what kind of mother would allow that. Because what you do when you have a child that's confused about anything, you just love them and you just hang on to them and say, it'll be okay. It will be okay. We will get through this. And, you, and until they're 20, 25, then, then when they're on their own, maybe they make their own choices. But you as a parent, you're in, you're in charge of this. And yet our government, ours is doing the same thing. They're trying to take away parental rights. 
parental supervision. Right now in California, a, a child, a, a girl at age 12, she can get an abortion without parents even knowledge. I mean, ne never mind the consent yep. to it. There's no knowledge. The, the parents are don't even have to be informed. And that's why we there, there's another bill, 19, AB 1940, that's going to place uh, um, health care uh, centers in or near schools. And, and mostly it's a good bill because it's going to try to help get medical care and treatment to kids, especially in rural areas where they don't have a lot of medical care. But one of the aspects of the medical care that AB 1940 is pushing is reproductive health care. Reproductive health care is code for, you know, contraception and, and abortion. So you're going to be able to have some 12 year old girl in, uh, you know, in, in a little rural county school, go to the school nurse. She might be able to get the abortion pill right there. Parents will never know. And that's, it sounds like what they're doing in Germany right now, that I, I guess at 14, at 14, you're barely, you're barely hitting puberty sometimes. I mean, that's just crazy to interrupt the, the natural science biology of, of, a, of a, a baby's body, of a child's body, of a human body, right? But now it's okay to inject them with all kinds of powerful hormones and change their gender assignment. That's only going to help confuse people even more and it will cripple them sexually. Let's 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 just put it what it is. This is sexually crippling people and it will result in infertility as you said. So again, the the battlefield is population control, abortion is one part of it and this is another one which is the sterilization and gender confusion of uh, another populate part of the population and mostly it's girls. And interesting to know is um because I know a nurse um who works on the on this on this in the department in the hospital which uh, where you can change your gender okay. and uh, many years many years ago she told me one interesting thing everyone who has made this trans transgender operation became depressed of losing his sexuality and yeah. the the nurses say doesn't matter you they take some antidepressive medical drugs and it will go away so more drugs, more drugs, more, more drugs, drugs, more drugs, and, 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 the rest the goes away. and then we're going to yeah. yeah. keep injecting popping pills, popping pills. Yeah. That's it. That's well, it. I, and this is uh, this is very interesting that they, that everyone has this uh, depressive of losing the sexuality what what he had or what she had. Yeah. But this is uh, but instead of uh, thinking about it, no, take the pill and let's go over and accept it. That's it. Done. Yeah. It'll be interesting to find out in a few years uh, what the rates of suicides are of these uh, young people who have decided to transition into being something else. Uh, I'll tell you what we used to call it way back in the day. It's called pretending. That's what you do in preschool, right? In in kindergarten. You pretend. You get to pretend to be an animal. Those are now called furries. You get to pretend to be a boy or a girl. That's transgenderism. So th this, this radical... Um, this radical radicalized idea of taking what is just play and something sweet and fun and we're twisting it because we're trying to mold a population for a political gain because again i mean the, the and that's what i i really truly don't understand well i do but the the lgbtq mo movement is aligned quite closely with the pro-abortion radicalized movement right they're one and the same but it doesn't make sense to me because i say well if if there is such a thing as as a gay gene 
because that that's up for debate. It's either um, a choice or it's genetically programmed in. Okay, let's say there's a genetic program or proclivity. Well, how about heterosexual couples in the middle of, you know, I don't know, Montana, and they find out that they, once we have a test in utero for the gay gene, right, and they find out that they have a, you know, a 10-week-old baby who's going to be gay, well, they have the option to abort that baby. Don't you think the LGBTQ community should be very concerned that abortion is being used in a, such a targeted fashion to eliminate a certain population, kind of like they do for Downs? kind of like they do for trisomy 18, kind of like China does for female babies. That's what we're seeing across our globe is, oh, we I don't want a girl or I don't want a redheaded girl, whatever. So China allows that. That, that was when it was doing the one, one child policy, when they were forcibly, they, they were chasing women down who were hiding to, because they were pregnant with their second or third child. They would chase these women down and they would strap them onto a table and they would forcibly abort the child. Up into, up into time of birth. That's communism. That's what the Chinese communists do. These are the same people who are harvesting organs without consent. This is, this is, this is the, the diabolical nature of this. And now we're seeing it spreading into you know, indoctrinating our children with transgender, you know, the, the, the drugs when they're children, when they're 14, which is when you start going through all of the confusion, when you're not comfortable in your body anymore because you're not a cute little eight-year-old anymore. You're, you start kind of get gangly and your teeth go all wacky and your hair looks funny and you don't like how you, that's kind of part of growing up and we all get through it. And then by the time we're 20 something, we, we've, we've, we've fully developed and then we can start functioning in society as a grown adult. That's what adolescence is for. And now we're, we're gonna be injecting them with chemicals to alter their adolescence. This is absolutely, to me, in my mind, it is demonic. It is demonic to do this to children, to, to, to target them for extinction because they're girls or target them for extinction because they're downs or because they're trisomy 18 or because they have some other genetic proclivity because we have to get back to eugenics, you know. That was the goal. That was Margaret Sanger's goal. And the entire, the, the global thrust was we need to purify the, the bloodlines. Well, who, who exactly are these people who are monitoring all of our bloodlines? I'd like to know. What, I know that Hitler was a big fan of it, but are there other people in the, in, in, in the global community that are really insisting on pure bloodlines? I mean, does this bleed over into the vaccination? Because that starts compromising your, your, co your, your genetic code, does it not? Some of the vaccines, doesn't it interfere with your mRNA? Isn't that an interference with the genetic code of the of the human? Isn't that the point of the of the jab to um, alter your genetic code? Just um, like we're doing, just like we're altering the, the 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 transgender, you know, expression. Isn't that all one and the same thing? I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something. There is a, there are two points which I want to want which I want to stress, um, especially concerning jabs. Um, and um, in one of the podcasts I already talked about it, there was um, a, there is a, uh, an article uh, from National Geographic from 2010 in the video in the internet, mm -hmm. and you can and the title is uh, "Mercury Poisoning Makes Birds Act Homosexual." Uh -huh. yeah. Okay. And the interesting thing is that um, Peter Frederick, a wildlife ecologist at the University of Florida in Gainesville, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. He uh, examined uh, captive wild ibises and he gave them the same food what they found in the sea. And they eat this, um, what's the grills, the small, the small um, pink grill, fishes. Yes, grill, the grill. Yes. And this the grill has a specific quantity of mercury because of the poisoning of the sea. And he gave them the food with the same uh, poison, uh, um, with the same quantity of, of mercury, and then they act homosexual. And the interesting thing is that in many Japs are is mercury. Yes, I know that there were. They've been discussions about um, all of the different vaccines that children get. That they somehow scientists did not properly measure the amount of mercury in those all of those different vaccinations, childhood vaccinations, and they're wondering now if the rate of autism is going up because of the mercury. And I know that that there was a debate about that. It, it appeared to have been debunked, but then now there's actually more proof coming out about that. So yeah, mercury, Sorry. yeah, that, that is very Sorry. concerning. And your, what your point is, is that perhaps the rising level of mercury through, through um, whether it's through vaccinations or whether it's through um, food intake could be affecting humans and their reproductive proclivities. And whether maybe, maybe if you're consuming too much mercury, does that impact human uh, proclivity for homosexuality. That's what you're suggesting. It could be. Um, it's a thought which uh, some which some scientists have to could think about it because yeah. they get sixty vaccinations until the first on the uh, until they are four. Yes, and then they shall make a decision with fourteen. For me, very strange. Everything. Yeah, that that that's too young. Yeah. Look, <laughs> you have to at least here still in in the United States. Um, if your if your daughter or son comes into the nurse and has a headache or has a migraine, uh, you have to actually get the parents permission to give them an aspirin, <laughs> to give them a Tylenol. But again, this, th that the, the nurse has to call home for, right? But yeah, you can give this child a birth control pill or uh, an abortion pill or um, now now it looks like even a transgender um, reassignment. I mean, th this is crazy because it's, it look, it, it's again, it's going against natural law. Natural law is that God gives rights to mankind and then we decide how to exercise those rights. One of the very fundamental things that God blesses us with are, are you know, fertility and being a parent, right? And so parents have, they are stewards of their children. They raise them and they care for them. That is their primary job. And here is the state once again, trying to separate parent from child, trying to exercise control over what the children can learn, what they can eat, what they can do. And they're, they're gradually trying to take away parental rights to guard and protect and care for children. We're not talking about abuse. That's not, and you know that. We're all we're all talking about the, the creep of the, the state as the in loco parentis, right? The state as the parent to separate so that basically parents just become breeders, right? And then they, yeah. you, you have the child, you, then the, the state will scoop up the child and raise it according to whatever uh, political doctrine they see fit. That's what we're looking at. And I, I reject that because it is the parent's right and responsibility duty to steward, to, to shape, to raise a child. That's, and, and the state is now interfering with that role more and more. And I, I don't, I, I know people in America, we're done with that. 
that, that parents are, are rising up all over saying, no, 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 you cannot teach this type of indoctrination in my school. I know that was in Fairfax, Virginia. I mean, th these are people who just go to school board meetings and say, excuse me, but have you read your textbook here? Do you see what you're saying? That the, the things that you're teaching my ch child, I am not going to allow it. So I think a lot of parents are waking up to the threat that is um, kind of a, the creeping Marxism through our a, a, a large kind of over overly powerful government. And I think parents are waking up to, at least here in America, how is it in Germany? How are they? Are they? Uh, in Germany, you have to bring the uh, children to school. There is a law you have to, they are not, you are not allowed to, um, to teach the school, the children at home. If you do this, you uh, the parents have to go to jail. <laughs> I think you guys need our second amendment. <laughs> yeah, the, the interesting thing is, uh, especially with the cool, um, uh, with the school system, and uh, as you said, it, how far they are now going to separate the children from the parents. Yep. This thing has started one hundred more than one hundred years ago with the establishment of the public high schools, mm -hmm. because the public high schools were established by the same people, and this, who had the same mindset or who had the same origin. Like the grand, like the grandparenthood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is. Uh, I hope uh, that the German people and the Austrian people can wake up and start reclaiming and insisting on their innate rights as parents and as as humans. Because when a government starts doing that, you're you're looking at communism and Marxism. That's what you're looking at. And and this is it's dangerous to, of course, the most innocent, the most vulnerable, which are the unborn. Because then they'll target you for, well, you're not allowed to have this child or that child. This is what that's, that's what's happening in China, right? So if, if the government can educate your children, I suppose the government can te tell you how many children you're allowed to have. And that's, that is illegitimate. That's illegitimate. So I hope Germany and Austria, I hope they wake up and start, um, uh, well, I know that what Merkel's gone. So now what? What's what's going on? Uh, it's it's worse. <laughs> no, the situation here is let's say it this way: the 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 problem what we are facing is we don't. There is no need to talk about these things, and there is no need to make any orders, because the new jab, what we are calling mRNA and etc., they increase the abortion and they not the 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 the, the, the silent birth, yeah, yeah, enormously, yes. Yeah. Yes. I heard what eighty percent of women. There, there was about, I guess it was a small study about two hundred women. This is before all of the data got covered up. I know that, um, but yeah. there, there was some very. There was a specific data set that that indicated that about eighty percent of women who got the jab during their the, during, I guess, the first, second trimester, uh, miscarried their children. Right, miscarried yes. or over. Yes, and that, that's uh, that, that's. I that's think so play that out over the, the population and that, and now we've also seen, I heard a report that the, the, the global population, the birth rate has, has dipped by like 10%. I think Sean Hannity was talking about that uh, just the other day. So we've had a, uh, or maybe it was Tucker Carlson. I'm sorry. I, I had them confused. I apologize. One of them. One but of them, it was about a 10% drop in, in, you know, basically in the fertility rate, meaning women are not having as many children. And this is, you know, two years out now from COVID. So why is that? But again, if you look at this entire, the push, it's like uh, the, the salesmanship that, 
that somehow children are a disease, like pregnancy is a disease, children are a threat to your survival, right? That, that you're not gonna be able to afford everything. You, you, you have to have your SUV and you have to have your beautiful house and all that, and these children are a threat to that, right? Instead of valuing human life. They're, they're yes. putting things and, and institutions ahead of human life. And, and that's where- It's it, a problem. It, it, human, oh, it's life a becomes, problem. human life becomes as a problem. We this must defend the unborn. That is where everything starts because you can see how radical they have become, the pro-aborts, especially in the state. They're absolutely seething with rage because they can't kill babies in the womb. And, and did you see Senator Warren the other day, I think two days ago, she's a senator from Massachusetts. She pretends to be an Indian sometimes. I don't know if you know her. But anyway, she, she, um, she had said that we need to close down, that she, she was demanding that pro-life centers and pro-life clinics that minister to women, that give women options, like say, look, you don't have to kill your baby, we can help you, we'll, we'll provide as much as we can. These are just, they're just offering. They're not doing anything other than ministering to women, really. At she, Senator Warren is demanding that they be shut down and closed because it's interfering with, it's cutting into the abortion cartel money, obviously. This is the, the, the this this is radical. This is radical that you should shut down a a, a business that whose job is charitable to help. This would be a, the same thing as saying, well, let's shut down a, a a church that is feeding poor children, right? Because we don't want them to feed poor children. It's the same thing. That I mean, how evil is this? This is demonic to demand that, oh, we don't want any pregnancy clinics and no, no pregnancy centers talking to women about they might be able to keep their children. She even called it, She Senator Warren called this, that they were, she said they were torturing pregnant people. This is a form of torturing pregnant people to have a, a pro-life clinic talk to them and say, hey, you know what, maybe you can keep your baby, we'll help you, we'll, we'll give you, you know, whatever means we can help you, that kind of thing. That's now akin to torturing. So that she's almost aligning pro-life ministries, pro-life efforts and clinics with torture of pregnant persons or those who could become pregnant. I mean, is that is that nuts? This is, again, this is demonic. This is, this is the, the, we've never seen this kind of level of fury before. And it's all going back to five Supreme Court justices who finally looked at the constitution and said, mm, there's no right to abortion in our constitution. So you states, uh, you, you go ahead and take it. We're gonna stay in our lane. That's all they said, that was it. And for that, they, they, we've got, we've got there, there are other radical groups I heard about. They're actually giving a bounty now for any information, if you know where a justice is going to dinner, is out and about walking or shopping, they will pay a bounty for that information because they want to send their minions to go and harass these people, to go harass the justices. I mean, th this is this is we're on the the precipice of a of a kind of a a, a radical revolution. I mean, all it takes is a spark of, of something like this in the streets. This is this is the danger that the radical pro-abort side of this equation is pushing for the summer of rage. Well, we're halfway through the summer. You can, I, I'm, I'm afraid they're going to actually be able to pull something off where they harass a justice. I mean, we've already seen, as I said, you know, Kavanaugh was threatened. His life was threatened. So the situation is that um, every, the whole institution seems to work really in the direction of Klaus Schwab and Yuval Noah Harari.
who um, yeah, who say, okay, we are going in the fourth revolution of industry. Yeah. We will have a lot of robots. So we have unworthable eaters and we have to reduce them. And right. this is reduce this is the, the whole population. We have to reduce the population. And this is the reason why the, the, the pro-life institutions shall be closed and all that stuff, because they follow the whole the whole countries follow one politics. Right. This is this is a myth of there was a, a Ehrlich. He wrote the population bomb way back in the 70s. Remember that population bomb? That was a doom and gloom book that said basically we're all going to starve to death because the population is going to grow so big and we're going to all run out of food. And and an entire you know political party just adhered to that. That was a lie too. Right. So now we've got the Charles Schwab's and the, 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 the WEF and the global order. They still keep coming back to uh, the management of the global population. It's a yeah. lie. They're just trying to control people that, that it's, it's a population control, meaning just the, to be able to interfere with your ability to live your life. I don't think there's a threat to the environment. They they like to say that there is. That's what they're, they're trying to blame humans for. Um, climate change which used to be global warming and then it was global cooling and then they figured out well we gotta it that happens all the time because you know the sun does warm and cool the planet so i guess we better call it climate change because then you know then it sounds like it's always happening right so th that's the aoc who's you know that you know alexandria ocasio cortez right she's she's saying she said what two years ago that we only had 12 years left to live on the earth otherwise it's gonna be too late well, we won't. So we only have ten years left, I guess, according to their plan. So now that and they can't, they cannot control the population of the world, and so now we're seeing the, I guess, the the vaccine, the the and the and the global push for abortion through through the UN. I mean, I guess you know, and through China, it's just it's sickening to me that the population bomb, Paul Ehrlich's book, was a lie. But it, 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 that, and that, and it failed. And so now they've moved to global climate change as the reason for, well, we've got to protect the planet. First it was, well, we're all going to starve to death. That's the population bomb. And then the second thing was, well, we're going to kill the planet and the whole planet will die because climate change. That's the next big lie. That's a lie. It's an absolute lie. But they keep selling it that way. And the mainstream media keeps just putting it out there. I like to call the mainstream media the make-believe media because they make up the news and then they make you believe it. So th those are just, these These are all premises. These are political premises used to control people. And they've both been proven as a lie, as an absolute lie. And I hope enough Americans and enough people in the world wake up to the lie that is happening to them. We're being sold a bill of goods. And we're being sold this notion of if you just give up your freedom, if you just give up your children, we'll take care of everything for you. It's like the, the myth of the one world order, which is in 2030, you won't own anything and you'll be happy. That's a lie. That is an absolute lie. And we have to push back against it and say it and call it out and say, no, that's a lie. And no, you're not going to get to own everything because I have private property ownership, same as you. This is all about managing people and taking away their fundamental right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that is why America is the epicenter for this, because it's our constitution. It's our declaration of independence. 
that said, we have certain inalienable rights that come from God, among those being the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And they're in that order for a reason, because you can't enjoy happiness unless you have liberty, right, to go and find your happiness. And you can't have liberty unless you have life, because this chair is not alive. It doesn't have life. It doesn't have liberty or anything. It's an inanimate object. So life comes first and then liberty, and then the pursuit of happiness. And that is why the American experiment, the, the revolution that was America, has been the, 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 the fundamental shift in, our, in, in the world history, and why the you know, people who want to control populations, whether it's uh, the CCP in China or whether it's the WEF, they want to get a grip on America because what we are doing here in America, we have independent, free parents and, and, and children and families. That's how you raise a nation of independent, educated people. And that's the threat. That's the threat to the, the global control. That is exactly it. And the, the way that you can tell the difference, the, the fundamental acid test to find out about a politician or a leader's um, proclivity for controlling is just to, to find out, are they pro-life or not? Will they defend the unborn in the womb? And if they won't, if they're going to say, well, for whatever reason, I, I think that they, that's up to a woman or it's a woman, all of that. All of those lies, if they will not defend the unborn human life in the womb, then they're on the other side of the issue. Yeah, and uh, you said it so brilliantly uh, in the in the conversation with Grace that with the uh, with the birth or with the uh, becoming pregnant, there is a light. There is a light. Yes. And this is this is it's all about in my life, in my opinion, because it's about the control of this light. Yes, God. It's the of control God. God. It's the control they, they of the reach, God in our persons. God. Because they want to establish, let's say, genetic birth fabrics. And um, and the interesting thing is uh, there's a child, there's a doctor from Canada who made a very good statement uh, that uh, in the act of a woman, when she, she got the jab, there is a hidden DNA which will be activated when the children were born. This is very interesting. But uh, thank you so much. It was a really pleasure talking to you. I pass it to Jane. Hi, Susan. Hi, Jane. I find this such an emotional, shocking topic. Um, it brings tears when you understand life and God, and and it just it's heart wrenching. Um, I have I have two 19 year olds. So since the time they were 12. You know, it, it's always been a subject, but it's so big right now. And I've always tried to come up with simple ways of approaching them because they, the propaganda and the brainwashing that exists on social media is shocking as well. And I mean, they come to me with the arguments that our body, our choice, women need um choice, that what if you're raped, um, all of these very emotional, um, um, you know, yeah. and so that's I, all part of, that's all part of the game. That's all, it's part, all of part of the game, game right? Yeah, and absolutely. when you can see it, so what would you say to a teenager? I try to say to, I say to them that we're, we're beings with light, that we're beings of God, that 
taking another life is is not a, it's not a casual thing. I have I have friends that have had abortions and grieve it for years afterwards when yes, they realize yes. what they've done. Um, very spiritual people that, uh, but with a teenage brain, didn't realize what they were doing and and the ramifications to your soul. And not not just in this lifetime, for lifetimes, that it's it's a huge um, well, soul altering decision. It's not to be taken lightly. And then I try to tell them follow the money. That this is, you know, what you were saying. They're selling body parts and like of almost of children. And the older the fetus, the more they're worth. You know, but what would you say to a teenager? What would you try to melt down the most important fundamental issues? Well, you've touched on a couple of different things. Um, the first, of, obviously, is morality. Either you believe that human life is sacred or you don't. If you don't think human life is sacred, then what they're doing, the, the CCP and WEF and the pro-aborts, is no big deal. But then you have to bring it much more personally to your 19 year old because, well, when they say my body, my choice, I 100% support that. I want you to be completely autonomous of your own body. Absolutely. 100%. We have no debate there. And then they're going to say, well, wait a minute. Because as you know, I'm not talking about your body. You have a complete right over your body. I'm right. not talking about somebody else's body. Well, whose body is that? Well, that's the baby's body. Well, but, but it's dependent. It's dependent on the woman. <laughs> yeah, kind of like you've been dependent on me for the last 18 years. Right. They have a right to kill you. And I also, I also say to them discernment. Yes. What you put into your mind, you yes. know, your all your thoughts about sex, they're not casual. The your decision when you have a child, like you have that, you have that inner power. Right. Yeah. And, and God has, look, God, if you look at just a, a from a Judeo-Christian spiritual state, um, I can't really speak on things like Buddhism or other, other um, religions, but from a Judeo-Christian perspective, which is the way our country was founded, right? Um, we believe that that you should have control of your body and that actually the best, healthiest and most reverent use of your body is abstaining from sexual activity until marriage. That's just one of the things, that's a fundamental premise. Now, you, we don't, in our society, we don't enforce that necessarily, but if you look at successful lives those are the type of lives where you wait and it's called, you know, just waiting and, and being persistent and persevering in preparing yourself before you start engaging in behavior that's going to have babies, right? You prepare in advance. You, it, it's self-control. So the whole nation, nature rather of self-control is built into uh, our, our religious philosophy as well as that, that is a, a, a good thing to control yourself and to wait and to plan. And it, it, then under the other thing that I tell my sons is that don't ever give some woman you just met the power to kill your children. Why? What do you, what do you mean? Well, when you have a shack up, right. And you have a, or just a, a very casual girlfriend, boyfriend, she can get pregnant. The whole 
purpose of sexual intercourse is pregnancy. That's the goal. That, that's how we were designed by the creator. That's how it's supposed to work. It, it, it's actually, I mean, it's very miraculous because there's only one day a month the woman can get, can really uh, produce an egg. And there's, it's about a 24, maybe 48 hour uh, total window of opportunity for that sperm to, to meet the egg and connect. It is actually quite rare, but that's the whole purpose. That, that's why we were designed the way we were designed yeah. to, to, to be fertile and go forth and subdue the earth. That, that was the command, right? So, all right, if you're going to be doing those kind of things, here's what you're going to do, son. You're going to, you're going to give this woman the power over life and death over your child because she has all the rights and you've got nothing. You, there are, there are no male rights to reproduce reproduction as far as I know, really realistically. And so she can make one of two choices. She can choose to kill your child at any point in her pregnancy, especially out, out here in California, up to, to delivery and perinatal death due to causes that occur in utero, right? So maybe she even has the baby and that baby's two weeks old and it dies because it was neglected and it has downs, who knows? But so long as somebody points to the, the cause in utero, she's clear and you don't get to even have a say. Or she can go ahead and have that baby and she can keep you pretty much at arm's length. She doesn't have to have you parenting the child. You'll have to go through a lot of hoops through the court just so that you can spend, you know, weekends playing catch with your kid. So why would you give another person that much power over your life for, yeah. for, for one night, for too many drinks or whatever your plan was or failure to plan? Well, so that's, that's plan what I say to my girls too. I'm like, take responsibility. Like if you're going to do that, then realize that this could happen. And yeah, or how about don't do you're, that? yeah. Or you're yeah. Your, you're going to risk your body. How about you don't some, do that. Some, you're going to give your, your beautiful 19 year old gorgeous body over to some guy and he's going to get to just make you pregnant and you're going to have to carry that baby. Right. Yeah. Or, or you're going to choose to kill it because, Oh, well, I I'm that vain or because I really need to take my second semester in OCHEM, whatever. I mean, the, the, that, the, the narcissistic focus yeah. on, on the individual is like, I, I am the be all and end all, and I don't have to do anything for anybody else ever. That, yeah. that's, that's what the, the, the social media is always telling us. That's why we're watching these people in media and they're just so glamorous and that's all it's about is I want to be like that. It's all, it's a narcissistic focus and, and we're, we're losing what, what we should do is why are we here in the first place to serve others and to bring glory to God? Right. I, and if, if you go to help do unto others as you would have others do unto you, you would never even consider right. taking a life. Of course Never. Not. Yeah. If, if you can't, if you, if you can, I mean, but what's to stop? You see, that's the thing. What's to stop the killing of the aged, right? Grandma who's got Alzheimer's and doesn't remember who you are anymore. And she's costing a lot of time and money. Well, why don't we just give her a different kind of a jab, right? And just allow assisted suicide. I mean, that, that's another bill that's already happening here. We're, just, we're, yeah. we're going, coming from both sides. Let's kill them in the womb and let's kill them after they're 80 because yeah. you're a burden on society and that that is so contrary to the founding of our country and and our basic nature and it's contrary to life because you and i we don't we can't determine when life starts nor should we be able to determine when life ends that's not that's outside our pay grade right whose job is that that's god don't interfere with 
his plan. All you have to do is be kind and tolerant, right? The whole issue of tolerance is out the window. How about be tolerant of another life form? I mean, if it was just, if it was an alien that visited from another planet, we would be very tolerant. We would be welcoming of this life form. Well, how come we can't be tolerant of the, of the life inside? And yeah. as far as rape goes, they always go to rape because <laughs> that's what you know pulls on your heartstrings, right? That's the worst thing ever. Uh, and like we heard this one 10 year old girl who was raped in Ohio and had to go to Indiana to, to have the abortion. Well, they found the rapist now. It's an illegal alien somebody who's come across the southern border. He was the rapist, so they've now got him. So, I mean, just I mean, just getting, we don't even go on the border issue, but why are we letting people across our border and they, they that, that don't obey our laws, right, that are, that are coming here illegally, and that's creating crime and tragedy. But let's get back to the rape thing. All right, so let's pretend now you own a home and somebody breaks into your house and steals your stuff. And you come home and you're like, what happened? And you call the police and the police just go next door and they, they knock on the door and they get your neighbor, Sally. Well, she was on vacation. She wasn't even there the night of the burglary, but they arrest her and they prosecute her and they execute her because in, in this scenario, it is a death sentence to be associated with the burglary of a house, right? Does that make any sense to you? Why should we kill Sally for something that she didn't do? She wasn't well, even there. Right. Okay. Yeah, we didn't go after the burglar. Where's the yeah. burglar? We don't know. We're we're gonna go and we're gonna go kill Sally, the next door neighbor who wasn't yeah. there. That's just like the baby. The baby didn't exist at that time. At the at the time of the rape, the baby was not there at the crime and came into existence a day later. Was yeah. not even there. But that's the person that we're gonna execute, right? Just for existing. I just say for being yeah. alive. I say to them, well then have the, the have the child, and if it's not appropriate for the mother at that time. There, there are parents that desperately want I think to have there, I think I, I'd read somewhere that there are 49 couples for every um, like child that's going up for adoption. They're desperate to adopt. There's so many, many couples all across the United States that want to adopt. How about we use like some of that $100 billion in our state surplus in California from the Biden blue state bailout? How about we use just $1 billion to kind of streamline the adoption process so that it doesn't cost a, a, a couple $50,000 just to get an, a, an adoption done, right? And yeah. start helping the foster care system. Why aren't we doing that? Because the focus is not on children. The focus is on the, the, the abortion cartel and the kind of the government. It's follow it's, the money, right? Like, yeah, the money. In the end. All the money. It's, it's depopulation money. and follow the money. Like, right. it's Keep so money. Simple. And that's yeah. it. Adoption is the cure for abortion. All you have to do is explain to this, whoever this poor girl is that's been raped, you say, well, you now have a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to give life. To give to back. Selfless. To yeah. be to be kind, and you can give that that child that you're carrying to another couple who can't have. I mean, we we talked about you know declining um, fertility, right? I know that also across the globe, there's there's a decline in um, sperm motility. So men's fertility rate is going down. I think it has been for years. So you're looking at it, it's like we're having fewer and fewer babies. There are couples who cannot get pregnant; they just can't. So all they can do is adopt. Couldn't you just give your baby to them? And then, so you've got a nine month reset. 
how about we start paying uh, like uh, adoption vacation? Like if you're willing, you know, you're going to keep your baby. How about we make sure that the, for those nine months, you are so well taken care of. You don't have to worry about housing or anything. And we'll even give you a tummy tuck at the end. I mean, yeah. that would be a lot cheaper than a hundred billion dollars too. Right? But we don't talk about these. No, we're not talking about this because it's all about killing a baby. That's what we've got to kill the baby in the womb because my body, my choice, no uterus, no voice. I, I mean, th th these are all the chance these are mindless stupid little TikTok video type chants that get into the kids heads and they think that it's okay i yeah. mean i remember when i was like uh in college and beginning law school i was kind of pro-choice kind of mildly pro-choice and thinking well yeah yeah my body my choice and yeah that makes sense right i would like i wouldn't want anybody to force me to have a baby it's like uh, okay i got that and then i i there was a case that we were studying in torts class first year law school and i've forgotten the name of the case and and but it was about this young couple who had had a baby the baby was about two years old and it had kidney problems really bad kidney problems gonna you know we need a kidney transplant nobody could transplant to this kid at all so it, it didn't match so this couple decided we're going to conceive another child in the hopes that the second child here is going to be able to um be a match and we can uh, then harvest a kidney and put it into the first kid so that hopefully we save both. And I don't remember how the, any more about the case other than that, but I do remember how it just struck me. And I wasn't a mother or anything. I wasn't married, but it just struck me so hard. I thought this baby, the new baby that's going to be born, right? This baby might have the same problems of kidneys as the first baby. And, and yet they're going to harvest its organ I understand it. I understand what the parents are doing, but that baby might need its own kidneys. And there, there you go. I all of a sudden understood it's its own person. And we have to take very great care of what we're doing. They, these, these little babies that we are, that, that are growing inside of us, they're not to be used to be harvested. We can't, we can't use their kidneys and their brain cells and their hearts and that we can't use that. They're not property. They're not, they're not like crops that you can just harvest and, and, and inject into the, you know, it, it's, I guess, like, you know, um, you know, any kind of chemicals or, or we can't harvest their, their, their T cells. They need their own organs. They are intact in themselves. They're human beings. You are, you are allowing the human trafficking of the unborn. That's what you're talking about when you're talking about abortion and selling body parts and, and shipping things all over. You are talking about human trafficking of the unborn. And that is absolutely immoral. It is absolutely, we must all stand against that. Because if they can do it to the unborn, they can do it to you. Just go ask all of the people in China, right? Who've already, and their, their relatives will tell them, yeah, he just disappeared. And they took his kidneys and they left him dying on the table. That, that is the same rationale that allows us to just rip these little babies out of the womb and harvest them for organs and yeah. parts. Yeah. This and, is human trafficking. This is what abortion is. It is a, a form of human population control and human trafficking. And it's all for the money. It's all for the abortion cartel, population control, money. Yeah. So these people at the top of it don't even see us. They see us more as cattle and a means to an end, such as money. They don't see us as precious and having uh, eternal I, life. I hope, I hope they're just ignorant. I hope 
that they're just, I hope that in their hearts, they're trying to kind of manage. I hope they're just believing that, well, uh, we need to make sure that there isn't climate change and that there isn't, you know, food population. We just need to make sure everyone, uh, you know, survives. Oh, there's a great book I read years ago by Robert Zubrin. He's a nuclear scientist. He wrote Merchants of Despair, Merchants of Despair look it up and it goes through the population control agenda and how the united states both sides of the aisle it didn't it wasn't just exclusively one party or another but how they engineered and controlled um the control of different foods and how they would interfere with another country's ability to feed its population requiring say like india well you need to make sure that um you have reduced the population or that everybody's on birth control or have a, you know only this many children, they would require that as a condition precedent to shipping food, things like that. Merchants of despair. It starts with the whole John Malthus and the whole theory of how the, 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 some races are inferior to others, which is a lie, another big lie, but that was the theory. That's that Malthusian you know, eugenics, all of it is laid out and, and he documents how these these population controllers are using abortion and and control of food in different countries to march everybody through the like, like the UN does, which is to require uh, birth birth rates to come down, et cetera, et cetera. That's all part of it. I I hope that in their hearts they think they're doing something good because if if they really realize what they're doing. Um, I, I would pray for their souls because th this is this is what they are doing is so evil to subject an, an entire generation and, a, and a, a, a global population to. It's unfathomable to me. I, I hope that they are just misinformed. I will pray that that's what the, the case is because for them to do what they're doing on purpose with knowledge that they can, they can extract babies from the womb and sell the parts to people and profit off of it and then and mo modify our genetic code and all of this just for the purpose of managing us as cattle that that is truly frightening and scary and and I mean, it's demonic so I, I would pray for their souls i would pray that they know that they understand what they're doing and that they stop yeah well when when you understand that these people also have the solutions many of them, such as free energy, yet they shut it all down because yeah. nuclear, we got nuclear energy. How come we can't use it? Oh, but if you watch, Thrive how come we can't drill. We're, we're not allowed to have yeah. a pipeline. We can't, even yeah. our own. we can't use coal anymore. We can't have nuclear. Uh, come on. But if you watch thrive too, many people have been either killed or completely shut down who have the answers for free energy and a lot of the other answers, right? Like it's, <laughs> Cold fusion, maybe. All we yeah. need to get is cold fusion, and there you go. Then, then energy is free everywhere. Yeah. So we definitely need to counteract what is happening. Uh, thank you, Susan, so much. Well, all, all we do, you counteract by standing up and, and saying. I, I think it was uh, Captain Keschel who said, um, wake up and pray up. And I like that. And so I've modified, I've added to it. I say, wake up, pray up, suit up, and show up. <laughs> That's it. Every day, wake up, pray up, suit up, show up, and just speak the truth. And do not relent to just continue to say, this is wrong. Here's the truth. You can't do this. We push back against um, the legislators lawfully, legally. We push back against school boards lawfully, legally. And we use the law the way it was meant to be, which is to, to 
create peace and to create harmony. And we are lawful, loving Christian people for the most part in, in the United States. And we simply have to stand up and say, no, we're not doing this. And the way that we have to inform ourselves when it comes time for the November uh, election is, and this is the only acid test that I know, you find out which one of the candidates is unabashedly and unapologetically pro-life from the moment of conception through delivery. If you can't find that, at least from, from the moment of the heartbeat, six weeks up through delivery, at least somewhere, but they've got to, they've got to be standing on, on life. They must be, because if they are not brave enough to stand up now for the unborn, they're not going to be brave enough to stand up for border issues, for vaccine mandates, for any of the other ones that kind of come on left, because it's either, either we are humans and we are imbued by God and that is worthy of defense. We are sanctified beings that our law must defend or they, they we're cattle. There really isn't any other option. So that's the only way that I know when I go to inform myself, I check to find out which is the most pro-life candidate that there is. Yeah, because it's fundamental. Yes, it is. Life is fundamental. Yeah. I have a right to life that comes from God, not government. Not government. The government does not have any control over my right to life at all. At all. And that's what they keep trying to do. They keep trying to put a right to kill. It is, it's called a right to life for a reason, not a right to kill not a right to end life. And that's that's the fundamental struggle that we see today playing out globally, globally. It is the right to life versus a right to kill or manage, right? A slow death. That's what we're, that is the battle of our time right now. And we're in it and we're going to win. You know why? Because we are on God's side. God is the author of life. He is the author of liberty. That's life and free will. That's what he gives. And so as long as we are on God's side, we will win. We will prevail. And yeah. all we have to do, again, wake up, pray up, suit up, show up. Make sure you're on God's side. Yeah, because if you use these heart-based arguments, it it just needs to be heard. And so it's up to all of us to... And call them out on their lies. Yeah. Say, Absolutely, I support your choice. It's, a, it's not a... You're not the baby. And you know what? If you were the baby, I'd protect your life too. Yeah. Thank you, Susan. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Susan, we're very honored to have you and thank you for everything that you do. And we are, at least we know that we're in the right side of history. Yes, and we are. we are all co-creators. So in the end, um, I say that in co-creative eternal embrace and absolute humility, absolute love and absolute forgiving and only an absolute service to the eternal's source and its ever loving devotion, we end temporarily this podcast and to all life everywhere. Can I ask, can I ask people if they want to learn more about what we're doing, they can go to our website, which is right to life league dot org or dot com but right to life league all spelled out dot dot com or dot org either one you'll find our website you can find out the programs that we're doing you can find out how we're fighting the bad legislation in california um you can see all of the different things that we're writing about anything that you know that we're doing you can find and if you can hit that donate button we're not woke 
We don't have any merch. We're just, we're, we give all of our services to our pro-life clinics, our centers and our homes that we, that are members of the League in California. We give it to them for free. We provide them any kind of um, administrative tips or training or support. Uh, we give them ultrasound machines. Uh, we, we can financially fund them. Everything that we do is to help these pro-life clinics and centers and maternity homes stay open in California, which is the belly of the beast. It is the, the tip of the spear in the abortion battle. We want to keep every one of them open. And if you ever wanted to know, well, gee, where does my money go? I want to make sure it actually gets to people who, who you know, help women. That would be the right to lifeleague.org, right to lifeleague.org. And we could sure use your help because the battle is real out here in California. And it is, we are not going to stop until we win it. And uh, Susan, if you want to tell them just briefly that you're an author also and the title of your book, because maybe next time you come back, we could talk about that. Oh, I've, I've written two little children's books. One of them is Good Guys with Guns at Home. And the second one is Good Guys with Guns Abroad. It's all about the brave um, people in the military and also just the regular people at, at home that use guns to protect and save lives. They're children's books because I think it's important that children understand that the Second Amendment and that guns can be, that are very good. They're, they're, they protect life. Police officers are good guys. Military are good guys. So the Good Guys with Guns series Good Guys with Guns at Home, Good Guys with Guns Abroad. And another book that I did, I wrote with Kevin Fobbs is, um, it's called Shut Yo Mouth, How the Left Plays the Race Card and How You Can, uh, to Silence conservative, Conservatives and How You Can Stop It. We wrote that in 2020. We actually uh, published it in, I think it was January 21st, the very same day that the lockdown, that everything started with COVID and we predicted all of the, the racist attacks that, that the, these people are using to try to silence our voices because they play the race card to silence conservatism. And, and we, we document it with lots of fun memes, lots of fun points and things just to illustrate what they're doing, how they're, it's an illustration really of how um, critical race theory is being applied because critical theory is from Marx, right? Well, critical race theory is the latest thing. And that book illustrates in a very amusing way what they're doing to silence conservative speech and how you can stop it. Thanks again. And uh, um, please continue to share this podcast. It will be uploaded in BitChute, in Rumble, Brideon, and all the other audio platforms because we need to keep going. We are the solution. We need to interrupt whatever things that you don't see, you don't like what's happening. It's on our hands. No one's, no one's else. And of course, in God's blessings. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was a real pleasure.